Historically, banking always kept up with the lives of consumers until the dawn of the digital age. With computerized progress permanently pitched at breakneck speed, it's a new era of ever-rising customer expectations. So how do banks in the 21st century make the best use of data and technology to innovate and become genuinely invested in people's lives? To find out, we'll talk with Tyson Nargisan, CEO and founder of Salent. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that will help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, the managing editor at BAI. Come on in. Thanks for tuning into the podcast and great to have you here with us. And today on the program, we have Tyson Nargisan. Tyson is the CEO and founder of Salent, a company that empowers financial institutions to proactively and confidently meet the individualized needs of each customer through data-driven solutions that build customer loyalty and growth. And Tyson, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Lou. Happy to be here. Now, offline, we spoke about banking at the speed of life. How have you seen the industry evolve to meet customers' demands to bank at the speed of life? Well, I think the latter is part of the problem. I don't think they have evolved as fast as maybe we'd like to or we need to in the market as it's changed. When we started thinking about speed of life, it was really a concept around consumers had this ever-evolving need around financial services or just really to fulfill against their life. And what was happening is we weren't meeting that from an industry perspective and a banking perspective. We weren't meeting that need and we were missing opportunities. And it's really, in my opinion, one of the reasons that created this opening for a lot of fintech companies that you've seen a tremendous amount of investment against because there's just been this lack of attention to it. And so these competitors have come trying to fill that gap in the market. You know, we think it's really important as the industry has grown and the consumer demands and needs have changed, we need to sort of catch up to that. And that's really the sort of concept of understanding the need of the consumer, their audience within the consumer's speed of life, right? And being present at those opportunities so that they can be more engaged and more important in their customers' lives. Maybe you can give us some examples of what customers are thinking of when they talk about banking at the speed of life. You know, one of the challenges in the market right now, I think, is a lack of relevancy. As I think about my need, it's never about a financial service need. It's about how do I put my kids through college? How do I buy a car? How do I buy a house? How can I save more money? How can I do better at budgeting? Whatever the problem that the particular consumer or business has, that's the problem that we need to sort of center on. And so when I think about that, it's not about you know the banking needs or how it happens when they come into the branch or how they interact with that particular institution online or through social channels or any of those things. Those are all very important. But really what the consumer cares about is, can I do the things that I need to do in my life and how can I be present in that discussion? And so... When we think about banking at the speed of life, what is incredibly important to consider as you design that is how do I read that data? How do I understand what that need is before I'm present in it? How can I preview what my customers are going to need? And it's never this global solution. It's always individual. It's always personalized. What you need, Lou, or what I need or what my mother needs is going to be a different 
set of circumstances, but all of which can be read on how that person has interacted with the bank, how they have transacted, where their balances may sit. And so how can you read that information, really make educated and interpreted intelligent opportunities from that data so that you can be engaged with that consumer, that customer at the right time? You know, it's not right time, right offer kind of stuff. I mean, we have all of those right product, right time, next best product. Those are all really important. But at the heart of it, it's really about understanding where are they going? What are the needs that you see? And how can you help them in their lives? And I think if we can close that gap, if we can bridge that, that's going to be an incredibly important movement for the industry. And I think puts a great deal of opportunity ahead of us because that's where the banks and credit unions and everybody in financial services are going to be much more in tune with the need of their customers. I love this notion that data can unlock all of this. It can help solve the puzzle in meaningful ways. The trouble is that banks have so much of this data and often don't know where to start with it and how to focus it. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, it's one of the biggest problems that I think as a vendor in this market, and you know, I'll take some of the blame. I think we as an industry have done nothing but expose all of this data and all of the silos that we all discuss when we think about banking. And when you think about the core asset, it is really a crown jewel of banks. They've got where people live, what they're doing, how they're connected to other people, what the balances are, where they choose to spend their money, what they're doing next, what they've done in the past. I mean, it's a very valuable piece of information that goes unutilized because I think at times we try to solve everything in the problem all at once. And we try and break it down. So this is great. We're going we're gonna to change the dynamic of how the bank operates and we're going to become a data-centric organization. And you think about the sort of massive need that that could entail about having to try and bring all these data sources from multiple silos all together so you can really understand customer need. And it becomes overwhelming. And so you get into the spot where the intent was right but the execution breaks down because it's just so massive. It's everybody in the organization has got to operate in that new mindset. And so what we've really tried to do is to control that and to try and find opportunities for wins, right? How can you take that data, read it in a problem that we all know exists in a banking organization? How do we solve that? And then how do we move to the next piece? And to do it in more of an iterative approach over time rather than this massive project. We know that everybody in banking gets locked up in a project mentality around compliance or risk or this data warehouse project or the data lake or the omni-channel approach. And they just become so massive in how they approach it that it can be very difficult to chunk it down into reasonable solutions or reasonable problems that you can address and let it build on itself. Now, here's a Tysonism. <laughs> if you will. You told me you can't be important in somebody's life, be genuinely relevant unless you can solve some problem and make their life easier. Are there consistent problems that pop up time and again that customers are trying to solve where banks can be very helpful? We have all of these normal problems or normal opportunities at a consumer life, right? There's a normal life cycle of an individual. When I don't have a lot of money and I transact a lot, my biggest issue may be managing my balances and how do I create a plan for the future. As I start to get older and I've got, potentially I get married and I have kids, there's an entirely different set of 
needs, all of which you can read, right? When I was single, I was on my own account. I had my own checking account. I did all my own transactions. And then I got married. And all of a sudden, my wife is joined to the account. And all the, I see that. And I can see how my patterns have changed. Now I'm looking for homes. So there's a natural life cycle that exists through that. And it's never, in our experience, been that we don't know what to solve. It's that we don't know how to solve it. I've talked to banks all the time, and the issue is not the problem. The issue is how can I address that and have a win there where it doesn't consume the entire organization? I think it's why I've had very interesting conversations with a lot of bank marketers and you know heads of retail and CEOs where they've almost given up on the customer side in favor of the acquisition model. I've been sort of fond of saying for a long time, we pay more attention to the customer we don't have than the customer we do have. And I never really understood why until I talked to a bank marketer. And she actually mentioned that that didn't require any intelligence, that that didn't require a committee and a process. It didn't require me to understand what my customer's needs are in order to be relevant and engaged. And I think that is the core problem, right? If I'm marketing to somebody who I don't know, I just need to tell them why I think we're great and why I think they should bank with us. If I take that same tact and I approach my customer that I have, that they know I have all their data, and I try to position them with a HELOC and they don't even own a home, then I've exposed now that I have no understanding of their need. And not only am I not relevant with them, I'm actually disengaged with them, that they will feel like, how could you not know them? I get 24 emails from my banking provider every year. I did this, and I would tell you, I looked through all of them, and there was nothing that was ever relevant to me at the time it was relevant. In fact, sometimes I got messages of products after the fact of I've already bought that product. Or my example was, I actually was looking for an auto loan. I needed to buy a new car, and I was going to finance it, of course, and rates were, you know, 0.9% on a new car. So it's free money in that perspective. And 60 days after I closed the loan, I got an auto loan email and a marketing effort. In this perspective, you know, to me, they missed the buying window. That's the first miss. The second miss is they should have known I already had one. They had timed that 90 days before they did. Maybe I'm I'm engaged with them. Sounds like with that car loan offer, though, they were 15 years early for the next car purchase. <laughs> <laughs> they were. And, and a funny anecdotal story is they were actually an indirect provider of car loans through the dealerships. And it was funny in that funny, sad, whichever way you'd like to look at it, that actually I did have the auto loan with a provider that was emailing to me. Switching gears, pun intended, you have to find it fascinating that the bridge to personalization, this very human thing, comes from data. It is interesting to think about how data can become human. I can't tell you how many people would love to have the data that banks have. We get asked it all the time from people outside the industry. You know, I'm sure banks get the same thing, but they have the wherewithal to purchase. They have the historical purchase patterns. They have the connectivity to other customers. They have interpretation of sort of life stage and need. All of those things can be gathered and they've tried to do it. And so one of the things that we talked about and thought about as we tried to coin this sort of banking at speed of life is that your corporate initiatives at a bank, your strategic priorities actually have very little relevance to your customers. You need to take their individual needs 
and line them up individually. Just because you'd like to grab deposits, if I need a loan and I want to go get a car loan, your question that you have to answer as a banking provider, are are you going to service that customer or are you going to ignore that customer? Your customer needs a loan. Your choice are I'm either going to service them or I'm not. I'm either going to try and be present in that buying decision or I'm not. And if you're not going to do it, you're going to let a competitor in. And if you are going to do it, you need to do it and be present consistently throughout that conversation rather than just hoping they walk into a branch or hoping they look for you. So the data is in. Tyson, you kicked butt. (laughs) Thanks for being on the podcast today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Look forward to doing it again. Tyson Nargison is the CEO and founder of Salent. He is based in Boston. You can look for Tyson on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, banks have not evolved as fast as customers need them to in terms of fulfilling their life needs. It's led to lost opportunities, which have opened the door for fintech competitors. Keep in mind, consumers define needs in real life terms. How can I pay for college? How can I buy a house? How can I finance a car? Banks need to be present for those conversations and personalize them through data. Number two, the use of data must be educated, interpreted, and intelligent to engage with customers, and at the heart of it, focused on helping in their lives. The big issue is that relevant data remains a core asset stashed in silos and largely unutilized. It's not about changing the dynamic of the bank to be data-driven, though. That's overwhelming. Instead, find opportunities for wins to specific problems tackled over time. And number three, many consumers have a normal life cycle of issues that follow their personal growth. Being single, getting married, having kids, moving into a home, planning for retirement. But the issue isn't the problem, it's how to solve it for customers. Stop paying attention to the customer you don't have and think about the customer you do. That requires intelligence and a commitment to relevance and timing, the customer's time. And now BAI Banking Strategies presents My 21-Year-Old Self, where our podcast guest talks about what they were like at 21, life as an emerging leader, and the advice they would give that young adult today. Imagine a future as a mad man guy following in the footsteps of your ad executive father. That's where Tyson Nargisan saw himself, but over the years recognized how data and the digital boom would change people's lives forever and for the better. Here's the good news he'd share with his 21-year-old self. Listen. So I would tell my 21-year-old self the importance of data and software and how it was going to evolve over the coming 25 years. At that time, I cared about playing basketball, and I thought I was going to be an ad exec. My father owned an agency locally, and for whatever legacy that was, I thought I was going to go be a madman guy. I was going to be an ad guy. And I think if I were to go talk to myself that I value the hell out of marketing and advertising and I think they're great and I think they're very valuable and useful in all business aspects. But I would have told myself to really pay attention to the trends and what was happening. And I think back then, obviously, mobile phones weren't there yet. I mean, I think smartphones were a pie in the sky or just coming. And I would have 
realized the importance of data, the importance of understanding what it was going to be in our lives, I would have probably guided myself out of following the sort of legacy mantra of being an ad exec, really trying to understand how to use that data for the benefit of the world. To be fair, I'm not sure I would have told myself I'm going to go into bank marketing, but I think what's really exciting today is the opportunity that sits ahead of really us being able to use that data and really better the world, better the lives of our customers. I think that's probably the biggest advice I'd give myself back then. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast. We hope to have you back with us very soon. Be sure to check out our ever-growing archive of podcasts at BAI.org. Our producer, as always, is James Grady. Be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Lou Carloso, the managing editor at BAI. We'll see you soon. So long. 